Hi, and welcome to this, our final service of the year from St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name is Stuart and it's my very great privilege to be the minister here. This week, we are delighted to have the moderator of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland, Dr Martin Fair, as our guest preacher. So let's join together in worship. This old year is almost done. But before we say farewell, let's pause and watch and wait with the patience of Simeon and Anna for the dawning of the promise. As one year ends, we continue. We come to God. We bring our memories and our hopes for the future. We bring our worship. We read from Luke at chapter 2, verses 25 to 38. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Well, this just isn't the Christmas we ordered. It's not what we expect. We want our winter wonderland. Our party plans are wrecked. But don't we know we're not the first to have a world turned upside down? Joseph and Mary must have felt this way, out of place in an unknown town. Through the joy, through the pain, Christmas coming near again. Such a random way They're all stressed out in Bethlehem Just one a normal day Still even in the strangest times There's good news to be found One of the things that we're thankful for When we stop and we look around 
Now, Lord, you let your servant go in peace according to your word. Gentle God, we can see the smile that spreads across old Simeon's face. His eyes soften and all the tension leaves him as he holds the child who embodies all that he has ever hoped of or dreamed for, the fulfilment of your promise to the world. In our imaginations, if we can do so safely, and not if we can't, we take ourselves forward to our last moments, many years in the future or just around the corner. What would it take for us, for me, to be able to say, I'm ready now, I can go in peace? Would it be to see your children settled, to have passed on our stories to the next generation? Are there places still to be visited? Dreams to be fulfilled or ambitions to achieve? Do we want to leave a mark behind? To know we've made a difference somehow, not to be forgotten? Are we still hoping to find the answers at last? To the big, imponderable questions? Who am I? What does this all mean? Is there something more? Have I lived enough? Loved enough? Learned enough to be able to let go? Will there be loving arms to hold me when I do? God, our beginning and our ending, our life source and its goal, may it be enough for us as it was for your faithful servant, Cinnamon, to know that you are there, that the promises of our faith are true, fulfilled differently in each generation, but not an illusion. They are real, and you are real, and we and our loved ones are safe in your care, now and forever. Hear us, Lord, as we join in your word, saying together, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. 
For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. the matter is that I know very little about art. I don't come at it with a critical eye. The most I know is that there are different genres, different time periods, some of which I'm drawn to, others less so. But beyond that, my response to art is very much a gut reaction. Certain pictures I like, and others I don't. Simple as that. So my knowledge base is very limited, but I think I know this, that to properly appreciate a painting, you've got to step back. If we're too close, it's difficult, if not impossible, to see properly. If I'm going to see the big picture, everything that the artist intended Yes, I need to step back. It's a matter of perspective. These two pictures illustrate the point perfectly. If you home right in on one particular piece of the painting, you might think it's a painting of a dog. But in fact, the dog is just a small part of something that is much bigger in scale. You don't get that unless you step back, unless you get everything in perspective. Thank you. 
if it's true that we need to step back to fully appreciate a painting, then I'd want to suggest that it's equally true for all of life as we try to see it in its fullness and, if at all possible, make sense of it. And if you really want to begin to ponder the big questions about what's it about and where's God in all of it, then absolutely, you need to step back. stopping might be difficult but certainly we can slow down and understand that we are in a long game not a sprint. I want to suggest that we need to do the following. We need to pause, we need to be patient, we need to focus on the permanent and not just the passing and we need to persist. Number one, pause. Which can be so difficult when life is lived at such a pace. There seems to be little time to step back. I think many folks have worked harder in these last nine months than ever before. And if not in offices and in workplaces, then from one Zoom meeting to the next, go, go, go. Friends, take some time to pause. Even in the midst of the busyness, it's good to pause for a moment to appreciate that which is a little more enduring than most of what competes for our attention. God acts. God makes good on every promise. God is completing the big picture. It's just that his timescales are of a different order to ours. That's why we have to be patient. When I phone a business or a call centre, I want someone to pick up right away not to tell me I'm in a queue. When I'm web browsing, I want instant connection. Don't show me the wee arrow going round and round and don't even start with traffic jams or ScotRail is sorry to inform you that your train is delayed by half an hour. I mean, I've got a life to live, stuff to do, 
people to see, places to go. You know, I'm in a hurry. Let's get this thing moving. Reading the Bible, I never get the impression that God was in too much of a hurry. Think about Abram, for example. He was 75 years old when the promise was made to him, a promise repeated three times that he would be the father of a great nation. Don't you think that maybe in the 25 years between promise and fulfillment that he began to wonder if it was going to come to pass? Or what about the people of God in exile? 70 years removed from Jerusalem. You think they wondered? Do you think they doubted maybe whether or not God was going to come through for them? Or the thousand years between David and Jesus? No, God's not in any hurry. He's working on the big picture. And that requires us to be patient in trusting him. So we pause, we be patient, and we remember that that which is permanent is equally as deserving of our attention as that which is passing. Now, of course, this modern day building is much more recent, but there is evidence that there's been Christian worship here for 1,300 years. Can you imagine what's happened through all of that time? While people have worshipped on this site, there have been wars, famines, plagues, revolutions, reformations, unions, ups and downs, comings and goings, blessings and curses, sin and salvation, all of life and death. Even today, all of life streams past this holy place. And the backdrop to all of that, the eternal God, who is the same yesterday, today and forever. We're reminded we blossom and flourish as leaves on the tree and wither and perish, but not changeth thee. Much passes, but much remains.
So there was Simeon, a God-fearing man, waiting for the salvation of his people. How long he waited, we've no idea, but he never gave up on the promise made to him by the Spirit that he would not die before seeing the Messiah, the coming of the Lord. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Simeon persisted. And beside him, Anna, the old prophetess, no doubt written off by many as an old fool. There she was, worshipping, fasting, praying, waiting, trusting that God would deliver on his promise. That's persistence. Folks, the big picture is that God always keeps his word. Abraham and Sarah were able to have a son. The exiled peoples were able to return to Jerusalem and there to build the city walls. And a descendant of David was born, Jesus, Emmanuel. And Anna and Simeon were able to see that for which they had waited so long. Simeon declared, for mine eyes have seen the glory that you have revealed, which you have prepared. What about us? Will we pause? Will we exercise patience? Will we keep an eye fixed on the permanent and not just that which is passing? And like Anna and Simeon, will we persist that we might see that God is acting, that God is with us, that the salvation of the Lord is among us, that his kingdom is coming little by little for those who have eyes to see. I know in the thick of it, it can be difficult, but let us step back that we might see the whole scene of what God has done, of what God is doing right now, and of what God will do in all the days to come. That's the big picture. Amen. And may God bless us in our reflecting.
shared time of worship has come to an end. We're dismissed to go in peace, thankful for the examples of those who have served you in patience and hope, and looking forward with anticipation to live with the Lord who works through us and within us. We go with God's blessing, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, with us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.